0: Well, we began the discipleship series on marriage, the disciple ministry and the marriage, and we started last week. Well, I have received loads of messages on how insightful we believe it is and how we are being blessed. Well, that's why you need to make sure that These messages go to all the corners of this world because the gospel must go everywhere. And when we have an understanding and insight to the things of the kingdom, that's when we're able to live the kingdom life the way God wants us to live. And we are able to make the impact that God wants us to have in this world till He calls us back home or we are changed to meet him. Can we share a word of prayer? Father, we want to say a big thank you once again for today and for the grace released to speak and to hear your word. Thank you for clarity of purpose, clarity of understanding, clarity of thought. And expression, there shall be no errors, no contradictions. The word of God shall be divided accurately and precisely in the light of Christ Jesus. At the end of it all, may you be glorified and we be edified in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, you just heard a bit of the excerpts for last week and we are going to go into the part two for today. The disciple ministry and marriage part two. I think we established the fact that marriage itself is not spiritual. That's why we have the Ga marriage, Cobro marriage, um, American marriage. <laughs> okay, so we have different kinds, concepts of marriages because it is earthly. The reason why marriage becomes spiritual is because of Christians who marry. So when Christians who are believers get into marriage, They marry God's way. They marry Christ's way because they are the disciples of Christ. So Christ is the factor. Christ is the factor. So the game changer for Christian marriage is Christ. And that's why the two fundamentals that we learned regarding marriage in Ephesians 5, 21, 22, are love and submission. And we are to love as husbands as Christ loved the church. And wives are to submit to their own husbands as they submit to Christ. So you can see that The love and submission here is not according to the pattern of the world because the world has what it calls love. And for the world, love is romance. Now, for the world, if you love me, then I love you. So love goes where love is. But the believer shows and depicts the love of Christ. And what is the love of Christ? Romans chapter 5 is 8. For God commended his love towards us that while we were still sinners, rebellious, Christ died for us. Ephesians 5, 1 tells us to imitate Christ as dear children. Okay, and how do we imitate him? As dear children, we imitate Christ who gave himself as a sweet smelling savor. Okay, so the Christian husband goes into marriage to love, just like Christ did, to give himself. It is not about romance. They don't go to receive love. They go to give love. In the same way, just like Christ submitted to the father and died, so the woman submits to their own husband. So the terms of reference here is Christ. We mirror Christ We mimic Christ, we imitate Christ, and we do it just like Christ does it. And so if you're going to choose a partner, you want to look at a believer, just like 1 Corinthians 7.39 tells us, who is mature, who loves like Christ does, unconditional sacrificial love and you look at a woman who is submissive just like Christ is and you can see them very submissive to Christ because we said that the essence of marriage is that you have pleasure in sex so that you don't commit sexual sin out of marriage. Or outside marriage. So Paul said if you don't want to burn, marry. And the burning there has to do with our feeling for sex. Very clear. And the second thing or essence why we marry is to raise children. In the fear of God, in the way of the Lord, discipling them. Train up a child the way he should go. You, so, you train a child in the way of Christ. That's where your reward is as a parent who is a Christian, a Christian father or a Christian mother. So, you need a mature believer who would show that good example of a Christian father or Christian mother to these children so that they can look at them and mimic Christ. And so when the cycle goes on, the whole world is filled with Christ. Are you getting it? Because... For everything that the believer does, they lent it as a believer before they became married couples. And that's the way it should be. So generally, all the disciplines of Christianity is what we exemplify in our marriage. It's as simple as that. So what makes a good husband or a good wife or a good father or a good mother is not the marriage. It's because that one is a good Christian. So he then, by Christian examples, living the life of the believer for which he has been taught, the love life, submitting to Christ, showing the fruit of the Spirit, they bring that to bear in their marriage. So if you want to see a good husband, then they must first be a good Christian. If you want to see a good wife, then they must first be a good Christian. Christian. If you want to see a good father or a good mother, then they must first be a good Christian. It's as simple as that. That's why we got to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. When we were talking about reconciliation in the case where even if you married before you received Christ and so your husband or your wife is an unbeliever. Or you made a mistake as a believer and you married an unbeliever. Well, what do you do? Do you divorce them? No, stay with them. So far as they have not decided to leave the marriage because of your faith, show them the example of Christ so that their hearts will be turned to Christ. And so in all cases of strife, make sure that you pursue peace. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So you see, we are to avoid strife, anger, bitterness, evil speaking, and malice in our marriages. And all of these are Christian conduct. Romans chapter 12 verse 18 speaks clearly to the fact that if it is possible As much as depends on you. And that's what each time Christ puts it. So the apostles also framed it in that way. The honors is on you. As much as it depends on you. Live peaceably with all men. Including your husband or your wife who is an unbeliever. Or a believer. Ephesians 4. 26 and 31. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You know, so this is what the Bible teaches the believer and so when a believer understands the way they live, they show this to their wife and kids and to everybody around them. They don't badmouth mouth people. They get angry, but they make sure they control, they have self-control so they don't say what they don't have to say. Even if they say it, they, they, they come back remorseful and and decide no, that's not me. They don't allow the son to go down their anger before they sleep, they make sure they call their partner, they call their Christian brother, they sort it out and settle it. It doesn't lead to bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor and evil speaking. And all of these are needed in all relationships, including marriage. Look at First Corinthians 3.3 3, and how Apostle Paul admonished the Corinthian church where there was division. And he, make, he made one categorical statement that every believer must critically look at. Okay, and... When you are able to understand yourself and you see that you are a Christian husband or a Christian wife, then you know the sort of person you are. 1 Corinthians 3.3 For you are still carnal. For where there is or there are envy, strife and divisions among you, Are you not carnal? And are behaving like mere men? So the believer is not a mere man. Why? Because the believer is created in the image of Christ. They have received a new source of life. So God lives in them. So they behave like God. They have the nature of God. And therefore they need to have the mindset of God. How do they have the mindset? They feed on the word of God. The word of God is God. It speaks and tells us, teaches us about the knowledge, the character of God. So when the Christian studies the character of God, which is his nature, they form a new mindset and they live according to that. And therefore, they become a wonder to everybody they encounter. That's why Apostle Paul then speaks to the Corinthian church and tells them, you don't know who you are. You are exhibiting the nature and the mindset of the world of which you are not. You are not mere men. You are not ordinary men. You are spiritual people. And you are like God in nature. And therefore show in mindset, speech, and in conduct. Because God is love. And therefore show forth love. Nagging, fault-finding, etc. Are works of the flesh. And Bible said that we are dead to the flesh. And alive in the spirit. Anytime you hear the word flesh. Don't get pissed off with your body your body has no part in your flesh your flesh is your mindset what governs your mind is what your body respond or react to so the works of the flesh are not in the body they are in the mind that is what forms your attitude galatians 5:24 to 25 says And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So we live in the spirit. Okay, and one of these days we're going to go into that. So that you know that ye are of God. And God is spirit. We live in the spirit because we have the spirit of God. So contention, consistent arguing and nagging are not of God. They are devilish. They are demonic. And you call it negative energy. But yet. It keeps sagging the strength out of you and you keep it on. James three fifteen to sixteen says, This wisdom does not descend, descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. What wisdom is that? For where envy and self-seeking exist. Confusion and every evil thing are there. That's the wisdom of the world. That's demonic wisdom. That's popular wisdom. Envy, self seeking, trying to outdo one another in your marriage. If you are one body, what is hers is yours. What is yours is hers. It doesn't matter. What matters is how effective the body is running. How strong the body is. So anytime you see envy, self-seeking, confusion, and every evil thing, know that you are not a part in this. And that's why if you're a believer or even a third party who is to sit in to help couples to look again at their issues, what they're going through in their marriage, make sure That you are pursuing peace at all costs. It's a must. It's a must. Now one of the things that is key to solving issues in marriage. As a Christian is prayer. There are no shortcuts. James 5.16 Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. (laughs) Now, when people see this um, text or scriptural verse, it's amazing that I hear for some of us, what you think it meant was to go and tell people your fault. so because you did something wrong you just go and then tell anybody that oh this is what I'm done i I can't I can't handle it anymore I have to tell somebody so you just go and tell people that's why most of us. <laughs> get into lots of trouble. No, you, you don't just tell people things. It, this is not what the scripture is saying. Now, what the scripture is telling you is that whoever you fault, go and patch it up with them. Acknowledge you were wrong. Acknowledge you're wrong the one you faulted. Is that clear? So. Acknowledge it. Pray. And let there be healing. For both the offender and the victim. Of the offense. So that there will not be strife. It will not lead to bitterness, rancor, division and confusion. Don't resort to quick fists from the world. Some of you, you call into programs. And you tell people the issues of your marriage. You don't know them from Adam. They also don't understand the issues clearly. And yet they give you counsel. That's not right. You can realize that everything we're talking about is not exclusive to marriage. We are using Christian knowledge and conduct to live the marriage life. Can can you get that? So that's why you must understand that. The, Terms of reference is Christ. And therefore, we are talking as believers. And so our understanding of marriage must be in this light. Don't use the world's pattern to solve your marriage problems. Don't choose partners for marriage by the world's standards because she's tall and fair. I want six pack. What has all of that got to do with marriage? He is not romantic. She is not romantic. Ghanaian men are not romantic. You see, I have heard a lot of people teach on marriage and they differentiate between agape love, filio that is brotherly love, And then eros, that is sexual love. Listen to me very carefully. If you eat this kind of food as a married couple or a young person who is about to choose a partner, you are taking toxic and you are taking poison. Christians choose their partners and live with their partners according to the agape love. And when the agape love is revealed and shown in marriage, feel you, brotherly love. And sexual love or romantic love will be revealed in abundance. Who wouldn't want? Who wouldn't fall head over heels with a guy who cares? Ready to sacrifice everything. Ready to give all. Ready to die for you. Who is not ready to fall in love with a woman. Who is ready to submit and will not ask questions. And will not show you they are right. So when agape love is in vogue. Filio. Will evidently show itself. And it will make sex good in the marriage. Don't differentiate. Oh, you must find somebody you love. Haven't you realized you love? And they are referring to romantic love. Haven't you seen <laughs> these people who always say they love the way I love, I love her And the next minute, they blow them apart. With a gun. Shoot them. Why? Because agape love was not revealed. All of those are patterns, mindsets of the world. Romans 12:2. Be not conformed to the pattern, the mindset but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. Now, look at even the home of the pastor. 1 Timothy 3, 4 to 5. One who rules his own house well, Can you see that the essence of marriage is being shown here? That the Christian father, who is also a pastor, an evangelist, an apostle, or a prophet, must rule his own house well. having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? So like I said from the beginning, the whole essence of marriage Is for partners to enjoy the pleasure of sex in matrimony so they avoid sexual sin and live the good conduct of Christians and to also nurture their children in the way of Christ. And that's why the pastor or those of the fourfold ministry are admonished by Apostle Paul as he spoke to his spiritual son Timothy to make sure that they bring to bear the Lord's way in the nurturing of their children. Look at 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So we must be examples to all believers. We must be examples to all believers. Now, that said... Some exceptions do arise. And we definitely do have God's word and wisdom for these instances. And you would sometimes find that most um, pastors are at sea to some of these matters, feigning ignorance or just living in denial. Now, first and foremost, marriage is not a life and death sentence. Please note this, clearly. We're going to go into some of these things into details. First and foremost, marriage is not a life and death sentence. For example, spouses do die and a living spouse can remarry. Can remarry. Remember what Paul spoke before—that he would wish that unmarried people and widows to stay single. Now he didn't say that it's a must; they can't. No, he was admonishing that if they want to pursue the things of God and, and do more for God, he would have wished that they stay single. And, and so what it is, is that one can choose not to marry. But after somebody gets married and their spouse passes, they can marry. And so look at the admonition in 1 Timothy five fourteen. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. So you have a woman who married young and the Their husband passes, unfortunately. Apostle Paul says they can remarry. And once again, you can see that he's talking about making sure that they don't do things that will reproach the name of the Lord. Or the testimony of the gospel. And because of that, they should be allowed to marry. So you see, you can see that our conduct, our Christian living is always tied in to the testimony of the gospel. The good testimony of the gospel and the church. It doesn't add to our righteousness. It doesn't add to what God has done by Christ on the cross. But what it does is it gives good testimony to the gospel so we don't become a stumbling block to others who have to receive Christ And those who are weak in Christ. So he refers to young widows. To marry. And we are going to touch this too. Later and get into details. Now secondly. I said first and foremost. The spouse can pass. Secondly, there can be divorce. Now, the word divorce is a word in the Bible. Deuteronomy 24, 1. When a man takes a wife and marries her and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her. And he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. This very scenario was put to Jesus in Matthew 19, verse 7. Let's look at it. They said to him, When then did Moses command, why then, sorry, did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce? And To put her away. Now. If you look carefully. The term divorce. Most of you don't know. The term divorce. Let me just go into this briefly. And I'm sure. We are going to go into details. The term divorce. Is the word amputate. To amputate. Yeah. To amputate. Put, I mean, reflect on the word, we'll come back to it. To amputate. Yeah. Now, if something, a hand is amputated, amputated, you know what happens? If it's my wrist, that wrist can no more be used. That hand becomes useless. It affects the whole body. That's the nature of divorce. Its negative impact is very strong. Let's go ahead. Now, the term or the word divorce is not found after the four gospels. Check your Bible. Why? Why? It is not our primary way of treating marriages. But then, questions have a reason on domestic violence, rape, I mean, yes, rape in marriage, incest, infidelity, fraud, deceit, etc. What should be done? The first thing I will submit is this each case will definitely have their own uniqueness. And most times we must take each one in its merit. And I firmly believe that marital counseling is beyond phone, like I said, and programs or blocks. Some of us seek to listen to people via Facebook, Twitter, and this lady already is a bitter woman, has a very bitter experience, and and does not share scripture, doesn't even have an understanding to what scripture says, but they share their bitterness, and you buy into it to solve your problem the way that pleases you. Not God. And in the end, most of us regret because we did not seek accurate, precise knowledge. That's why you have to share with your pastor. It is safer for couples to seek counsel from where they receive spiritual oversight. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would not be to your advantage." I have, by God's grace, rescued a lot of marriages out of divorce, by God's word, by divine counsel, and by God's power. Some have ended up in courts, etc. But as a believer, know that in Christian marriage, God's word and power is the answer. However, in some exceptional cases, we still have his word. We're going to continue the part three next week as we get into some exceptional cases and what we would have to do. I hope you've been blessed and I believe strongly that you have taken a lot out of this we'll get into the part 3 of the disciple ministry and marriage next week it's always a joy coming your way and i feel very fulfilled to share god's word with you in the light of the truth i pray that you feed on him day and night. Share these to your friends, to your loved ones, to people in need of the gospel. They need to hear some of these things. It will bring healing to their hearts, healing to their marriages, healing to their Christian life, their spiritual lives, and a whole lot. And please make sure that you yourself become. An example to the glory of God. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I love you because Jesus loves you more. Have a wonderful day today. Bye-bye. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it thinness.